Hi, everybody. I'm Michaela, your host of the Picked Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are officially nine episodes in, and it's been pretty fun the last nine weeks to connect with all our different guests and discuss the different topics that they are experts on. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. It's a solo episode, kind of like what we did for our Halloween episode, where we read the submissions that you guys sent in through our Instagram, like stories and polls. I always say we and our, but really it's just me um, on my account. I'm reading (laughs) the stories and submissions you guys sent in on my account. So it's a solo episode and it's going to be a lot of fun. There's some fun answers and just really hilarious stories that people sent in about their holiday family drama gifting experiences so i kind of am breaking up this episode with a few different topics so we have a mixture of the write-ins and the stories and just funny experiences people have had with the holidays i also have a bunch of feedback that people sent in about traditions and just i love getting ideas from people about what they do for the holiday season because every family does stuff different and i think that there's just some fun really cute ideas out there So I think that it'll be fun to share that and let you guys hear like maybe what you could try. Um, So yeah, the tradition stuff. And then, um, like I said, the funny stories, worst gifts, that'll be mixed in with a good conversation about boundaries. We had a lot of we, I, (laughs) my account, um, my Instagram had a lot of comments and messages about just negative experiences, specifically with parents and in-laws um so yeah it's tricky it can be tricky to navigate like when you join a new family or um if your family changes like how to have those conversations with people how to set boundaries and expectations but i think it'll be good we we can give some good advice on it um another thing that a lot of people wrote in about was divorce and how their holidays changed after the parents got divorced and i personally can you know, relate to that. My parents got divorced when I was in high school and all my grandparents are divorced except for like my great grandparents and everyone's remarried. So there's seriously like eight to 10 sides of family that we juggle with the holidays. Um, And so I definitely can relate to that and give some insight about um, challenges that have come up with that, but also maybe things that are positives or how maybe you could go about those conversations with people. So yeah, we'll talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, but mostly just incorporating a conversation about boundaries and and how to make the most out of your holiday season. It's probably going to look different for a lot of people with COVID being, you know, 2020, the COVID year, whatever. And so people probably are going to be looking for new things, new ideas, but they're also going to be trying to navigate how to still make the holidays meaningful or how to keep their family safe or whatever you you know, whatever you're facing. So hopefully this will be a good positive spin, but also will give you a good laugh and some stuff to think about. And yeah, we'll jump right in. I'm excited. So first I want to go off of a conversation about budgets and what people usually spend on Christmas. And if you're not really sure like how to budget for the holidays, or if you're getting ready to set your new year's goals, we did an episode with friend Rachel two weeks ago. And she gave some awesome advice about just like financial planning, budgeting for the holidays, along with a bunch of other stuff that goes into budgeting and just um, making the most out of your money and helping it stretch, but also helping 
you be disciplined with saving and anyways it's a great episode go listen i think it's two episodes back but um that's a good place to start i think as far as like budgeting goes but i did put a feeler out there because i had recently saw on this girl's instagram story that they spent between like seven and nine hundred i think per kid and it and her kids are little like it's like a one of the babies is like an infant and the other is like a three-year-old and i was just like oh my gosh is that what is you like is that typical because that felt like a lot not gonna lie like i was like that feels like a lot um so do jaris and i need to start saving now or or is this just unusual and so i put a feeler out there to see what people had to say about that and and it was kind of fun to read how different families do it so this one girl wrote in she goes my husband and i usually spend one to two k a year on each other and 500 on each sibling slash parent and 100 to 200 dollars on friends we go way too far with it but we love to spoil our family and loved ones while we can afford to do so and then later um i had posted like a joke about it and stuff and so she she was just saying that they have a small family and she wanted to make sure that like i clarified that that they have a small family but they do spoil the family that they have and i think that that's awesome like if that's what you budget for and you love to spoil your family that's awesome and i think it's sweet that that they are so generous with their gift giving around the holidays and if it makes them happy like you know it is what it is um, another friend of mine wrote in and she said, I have spent under $100 on each kid and I still spend more than I wanted to. I can't imagine spending that much. So she's talking about the very like first one that spent seven to 900 on our kids. She said, we just, des- we decided to do three gifts, gold, something exciting or valuable to the kid, frankincense, historically used in temples or something religious or educational, like a book or framed picture. And then their third theme for their present is myrrh historically used for anointing. So our gift is something for the body, like a fun outfit or bubble bath or something. I figure we can make Christmas memorable without excess of stuff. And I love that. I I think I'll talk about this later, but there's another idea I heard of something very similar to that where you kind of assign like a, um, a purpose and an intention behind whatever gift you're giving. And and it keeps it simple, but it also, like I said, just adds that intentional element so that you're not just buying like a bunch of stuff or or buying unnecessarily. Like that's, I think for me, that's what I like to just like be mindful of because it is easy to get caught up in just like, oh, this is cute. I want this or this is a good deal. Like, oh, or they'll like this. And I think just setting an intention um, really adds that element of like meaning behind your gift giving and just helps you probably budget and plan a little bit better. Um, someone else, another friend wrote in, we spend more on kids than each other, but it's still nowhere near that much. That's crazy. <laughs> Our rule is one bigger present, nothing crazy, and a bunch of tiny ones. Kids that age just love opening things. This year, we've gotten little dollar store things like pencils, stickers, etc. for my husband. Oh, for my husband, we decided at the beginning of the season, our plan was to try to even it out, but every year it's different. One year, we didn't do any presents at all for each other, and it was great. So as you can tell from these like mixed responses, people spend different amounts on their family, their kids, whatever, whoever it might be. But but yeah, it's like it's kind of comes down to what can you afford to do? What is reasonable for you and your family and your expectations? And then what's your reason behind it? Like if that, you know, if you aren't really giving gifts for the whole year, then maybe it is more important to like stock up and give your kid everything on Christmas but if you are spoiling them throughout the year then maybe Christmas is less about um, what they get and more about 
like I said, an intention behind the gift or the reason for the season, that kind of thing. Let's share some fun holiday ideas and traditions that you can do with your family. And these are ideas that got sent in. They're not my own. They're just what you guys wrote in. So I'll read a couple of these. This one person said, we do a doorbell ditching thing for all our neighbors where we drop off treats anonymously. I love that. We used to do that too. Someone else goes, we celebrate Christ's birth with a birthday cake. It started when I was three and I said we should. It's kind of fun and unique. A lot of people said that they go to the movies every year, Christmas Eve movies or Christmas Day movies, which I love. Our family's done that. My mom's family reenacts the nativity on Christmas Eve. All the kids do it. That's fun. Another girl says that we travel a lot, usually for Thanksgiving, but sometimes for Christmas. That's super fun. My my family didn't really travel like for holidays because all our family was nearby. But as adults, we travel a lot. And my cousin's family, something they do is they go – so every other year, they switch off between a warm and a cold Christmas. So one year, they might go to like Jackson Hole and do a ski trip. And the next year, they might go to Mexico and do a beach trip. And instead of doing presents, that's what their family does because they have a huge family and lots of like siblings and stuff. And so I really like that. And I think as kids get older, in my mind, I'm like, I kind of back to the memories thing. I think that that's just really fun. And it's just about like being together as a family and building memories. Obviously, there's lots of fun traditions around the holidays, but I just thought that that was kind of a fun idea. We go big on Christmas Eve, go to church and then go to our grandparents. We do food, games and gifts. Someone else wrote in, we do a Nerf war every Christmas Eve. Super funny. And then this one, we started giving memories instead of gifts. Not entirely, but the big ones. So going on a trip or getting things that we do as a family, such as ski passes or snowmobiling, etc. And I love that. Like I said, you are going to hear it this whole episode. Just the idea of building memories and being intentional rather than just focusing on stuff. Some other ones are on December 1st, we bring out the decor. The kids get their first present with jammies. Very cute. The majority of people would also rather give or get memory gifts rather than like an object gift. So what that means is just, you know, concert tickets or a trip somewhere or gift cards to restaurants, like things that the person can go do to create memories. And rather than giving them like more lotions for their bathroom or clothes or shoes or whatever objects that they like to have you know something I like about building on this memories gift idea is so I think me- requesting memories gifts are great for grandparents like I know that my when we were kids my grandparents we started getting to an age where it was hard for them to know what we would like and so my mom would just have you know them purchase our season passes for skiing or a theme park or Um, One year, my great-grandparents got us bikes. Like, they just, you know, as we got older, they just started doing stuff that we could go do as a family or, like, with our friends. And that was awesome. Like, we loved it. And so I've kind of told my mother-in-law the same thing with, like, my nieces and nephews because she'll always be, like, asking us what what she should give people. And I'm just like, just do, like, a memories thing or with that subscription boxes. Like, I feel like how fun is that if you are spending the same amount on, like, a magazine or some type of, like – beauty subscription but like some type of fun subscription box that the person can get every month and it's like they get multiple presents all year but if it's the same cost as just what you were going to spend on a present then I think that's super fun too um and then the other thing with memories gifts if you're doing it for like a friend or a parent or something 
it would be sweet to do a memory gift that you can go do with the person. So like if you're giving your friend something, instead of just giving them, you know, like I said, a sweater or whatever, maybe you get concert tickets for you guys to both go and enjoy like a concert together or an experience together. Or, you know, you reserve dinner at like a restaurant you both want to try. Just something that you can go do together that builds on those memories. I think it's just like a fun idea like just the friend date idea or like a date with your parent or your sibling or something like I just think that that's fun I thought it'd be funny to share some of the least favorite parts about Christmas like I said there's kind of different sections on this but um these kind of center around traditions and yeah just funny things that different families do that the people actually hated so this girl goes i hated making cookies because i'm not a fan of cooking i the next one says i hated the year that someone dressed up as batman instead of santa at our christmas eve party no one in my family knows uh that's funny my sister rode my brother's dirt bike and crashed it into an iron fence um one year and then her and her brother had to spend christmas with our neighbors who we didn't know that's so awkward. <laughs> and you're like a kid. So you just are like, uh, chilling. This one is funny to me. Playing bells. And I'm like, what is that? She goes, coming from a family of nine plus, it gets loud really quick. And I imagine I would also hate that. But I'm like, playing bells for what? Like, do you ring it when someone opens the present? Is it like one 30 second long bell ring? Like, what is this playing bells thing that you guys do? This one makes me laugh. My mom told us Santa wasn't real on Christmas Eve when we were little because she was so mad at us and we were so scared to come out of our rooms Christmas morning. Talk about childhood trauma. That is so funny. Going to mass with my parents. It's not awful, but I can't go to my own church on Christmas because of it. Yeah, that is interesting to me. Like, because, you know, not everyone decides to stay in their like childhood faith or maybe you are in your faith but you just approach it differently and so it's just funny because it's like you kind of get roped into doing things maybe how your parents do it and maybe that's not how you want to do it kind of funny this one is less about the tradition and more about circumstance she said first christmas after my parents divorce was a weird one and that will kind of segue into a conversation about divorce i think that works out so yeah that definitely and I know that girl and she's an adult and like in college and so you know that's totally understandable because you're an adult and it's not like you grew up going to different families or whatnot and it just can present different challenges as you try to pick and choose what parent to spend different holidays with so I'm going to share a little backstory of my own experience with the divorce thing um Maybe, though, I'll read a few of these first. Let me just find them real quick. My advice is create new traditions. Spend holidays on your terms, not your parents. It's way more fun for me now. I love giving gifts, and I love creating traditions and magic. So I really like that advice of doing things on your own terms. I think I definitely kind of relate to just that dynamic and having to navigate what it's like doing holidays when your families are or your parents are divorced. For me, my my um, grandparents have all been divorced and remarried and then my parents divorced when I was um, in high school and so the Christmases that I had as a child were pretty like different than what I felt like we experienced when I was in high school and as a teenager there's there are some things that are similar but um, we we've always had to go to a lot of different parties because of all the different families um, 
it does just add an element of challenge I guess when you're trying to go to six different parties in one you know in 24 hours and so so when my parents divorced that also added like oh now we have to try to split up our even our crazy packed schedule with trying to make sure we see both of our parents and I remember the first Christmas that we like Jairus and I were married and we (laughs) we went to all the parties (laughs) and Jairus was like after seven parties of meeting you know 40 plus people at each one and a lot of food and I grew up in a rural area so it's not like you just drive 10 minutes to the next neighborhood it's like a 45 minute to an hour drive between each house so half your day is really spent driving and the whole day is spent like really organizing your time and trying to be efficient and make sure you get to see people and spend time where you where you are wanting um or spending equal time with people point is it's a lot of like stress (laughs) it's great to be around everyone for the holidays but it's a lot of stress and when you are a teenager or when you're you know like newly married and you're bringing someone new into the family I really learned like I have to be aware of what my spouse needs and be um really really intentional about what's going to work for us and our family and um and so what that looks like is when it comes down to it it's like who is it important for me to be around on Christmas it's it's my siblings and it's my parents and if possible I'd love to see my grandparents but if that's not possible it's not possible you know because we can't just stretch ourselves thin and be like (laughs) exhausted and um and even resentful if we're not able to actually spend time with people that we're there to see and so um kind of just going along with that I think the best way that you can plan um if that's the situation you're in is to just really like I said be intentional about who who it is that you want to be around and like where are they going to be and and making sure that you're around those people I think there's like pros I'll say the one pro is you get double presents, which is cool, especially if your parents <laughs> don't coordinate really like mine <laughs> on presents. Um, some funny stories with that. Um, my brother wanted a camera one year and <laughs> my parents like bought him all of the stuff for the camera. Just kind of funny. They like bought him the tripod <laughs> and like the bag and I don't know, just like the reflective like sheets like all this stuff all the accessories but that neither of them got him the camera (laughs) so it was super funny he was like walking around pretending to record us with just the tripod because he didn't have a camera point is like there wasn't a lot of coordinating there so it was pretty funny for the rest of us but but yeah usually you get double presents which is a bonus but I think like the thing the memory from just (laughs) there's a lot of tricky stuff I'm not gonna lie like it's really hard and And I, for the sake of not wanting to like throw anyone under the bus, I'm not really going to get into details about what is hard about each thing. But um, there definitely can be some like tender feelings when it comes to holidays and not feeling like your family is what it used to look like or like it's not how you remember the holidays. Um, Yeah, there's definitely tender feelings with that. But I think something that I will cherish is the fact that I do get to be able to be with both parents that they are around and that we do have so much family to spend time with. But also, as a high schooler, I was in charge of driving my siblings around to all the different parties because I was the oldest. And so I, like, kind of just had that responsibility of, like, getting my brothers to and from 
all the different places that we were supposed to be at. And so we had a lot of time to bond and just really um, talk one-on-one and reminisce, you know, laugh and cry a little about just what, just how ridiculous sometimes the holidays could end up being for us and our little family. And I think that those memories of, you know, driving around town <laughs> super late on Christmas Eve to get to from one location to the other or super early on Christmas morning to, you know, leave dads just so that we could get to moms in time to open presents before heading up to the cabin. Like, um, it just, you know, it's good memories with them. And, and I think that that's ultimately what it comes down to is the memories that you can have with your family and, and, finding what brings you joy even in the chaos if that's kind of what you're facing i want to switch gears a little bit again and keep on with sharing the favorite memories from christmas that you guys wrote in so this one girl said my family always did a nativity skit when we were little so fun another girl writes i'm crazy about stockings when i do them they're better than the actual gifts and i relate to that so much me for me like my mom went all out with stockings she did a great job with them and so i personally love stockings more than like the actual presents under the tree as well which jaris has had to learn because that's not how he grew up but i've had to train him well like no stockings are a big deal and he does good this person said my family used to play games all day in pjs and we always got a game as a sibling present um cutting down a christmas tree they're usually 20 feet tall and decorating it is quite the adventure love that our tradition is no tradition this is kind of fun this is kind of how my husband's family is actually they don't really have like set traditions they just like to try different stuff which is fun because it's very different than how mine my upbringing was so i kind of like it but they said this girl said we went to spain once we've been to phoenix and visited a bunch of different relatives i love that my family does something totally different every year skiing on christmas day is our tradition um this other person goes christmas morning we'd often stay and talk i think in the room instead of rushing out to get presents my siblings would sleep in the same room we'd all wake up and play games until parents came to get us and then this is a cute tradition i love this for kids we started it this year this person goes we decorate the tree the day after thanksgiving then we eat pizza on a blanket next to it it's like a winter picnic how cute this girl goes family recipe making eggnog with my dad every year it's that's such like a simple thing but it's like the simple things that really you kind of like stick with them for me it's like my dad would always write i mean santa would always write a letter that was left like on the counter for us about the year and i don't know just christmas morning before we open presents we would get to read like the letter as a family and i really like that I've saved like a couple of those letters over the years because I'm sentimental about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it's sweet. And then this one makes me laugh. I love it though. They go, my husband and I went sledding with spiked cider Christmas morning. Now we bring the kiddo. The question is, is the cider still spiked with the kiddo? But either way, I think that that's a cute tradition and cute idea. And I love it. I just love seeing like how creative people get and what they do for their Christmas traditions because everyone does things a little bit different. Okay, this part is the drama of the episode. So we had a couple questions that had to do with family dynamics and just kind of like worst Christmas experiences or things that make Christmas not the best. And you probably won't be surprised to hear that a lot of the responses... Um, <laughs> about the downer moments of Christmas come from in-law stories. 
So in-laws have the power to really make or break almost just like every family experience, whether it's holidays, family pictures, family dinners, um, just a lot of things about joining families in a mar- through a marriage can really like complicate people's feelings and how they behave. It's just so interesting. So we're going to like talk about what some of you guys said about your in-laws and maybe give some thoughts and advice of what, how hopefully you can improve those relationships with your in-laws. So some tricky situations that you share are, one girl wrote, my husband's parents are super unkind to us, so we've had to step away even for the holidays. This other person said, my in-laws are literally the meanest people I've ever met, and my husband is the opposite. So that's good that he doesn't follow their path, but that's so sad. In-laws, this other person said, in-laws spend way too much on gifts. Others can't compete and feelings get hurt. That's definitely hard because it's like people have such different expectations around gifts and gift giving. Like, I'm curious in this whose feelings are hurt. Like, are the in-laws' feelings hurt because they're not getting as nice of presents? Or um, is it like a different thing that we're kind of missing out on? But I think with that, it just comes down to communicating like we maybe you don't expect an expensive present and so you need them to meet you where you're at and maybe you explain like look we our students or our incomes don't allow us um to be able to spend and splurge presents or maybe you have a huge family and you can't just like fork out a bunch of money for presents for all the people in your family um maybe it's personal decision like you as a family like to budget for trips and save your money and do different things with your money and so giving gifts isn't the way that you choose to spend your money whatever it might be I think just like communicating and probably opening up about that could be helpful because it could be a reoccurring thing every year if the conversation never happens this person wrote in about their mom she said my mom counts the days she gets mad if we are with in-laws more than her and that's really hard too like if it's your own parents that are causing the drama yeah we'll share thoughts on that in a little bit but this person said crazy parents that's all they said (laughs) grandparents often make people feel bad if they can't make it to events and there's another answer about divorce like making it hard so kind of going off of some advice that hopefully you can apply to your relationships with people in-laws or coworkers, or whoever it might be in your life your parents there's just some like things that you can do to to express a boundary that can help you feel like safe and comfortable and intentional also it'll help you thrive um the whole reason for setting the boundary is so that you can show up to what you need to show up to without feeling resentful and again to keep you like emotionally safe and grounded and to make you feel like you have self-respect so something that i think is always good is like just like figuring out what you need like what need isn't being met or what what thing is being like what line is being crossed and so why does the boundary need to exist my mother-in-law gave me this advice when I kind of had like first joined the family and had different situations that were difficult (laughs) with my personal life but she basically shared that when you are an aggressive person you respect yourself but you don't respect others when you're a passive person you respect others but you don't respect yourself But when you're assertive, you respect yourself and you respect others. And so it's important when you are expressing a boundary that 
you are not passive, that you're not aggressive, but that you are assertive because being assertive will help you to show that like you are setting a boundary because you respect yourself, but also because you respect the relationship that you have with the other person. So yeah, I like to approach situations that are difficult with that in mind, like, okay, I don't need to be passive, I don't need to be aggressive, but I can be assertive. By being assertive, you're not approaching a boundary with the hope to gain more respect from the other person, but I do think that in my, what I have found is like when I express a boundary and I'm assertive about it, the other person tends to respect me more because I respect myself and I know that like what is important to me and I know like what I need from a relationship or from a situation, so so that's kind of some advice to give your give a pep talk to yourself. But something else that my sister-in-law shared that I like was she said, make your expectations known too. So a lot of times, and she kind of explained it like this, like a lot of times parents will approach us or in-laws might approach us with this mentality of like being bossy and demanding and commanding us to do stuff. And because that's what they've been doing for 20 plus years, you know, they raised the kids and they, you still are their kids or your spouse is their kid or whatever. And so even if they aren't trying to be bossy, they're used to being in this parenting mode. But it's important that as you become an adult and you're raising your own family, that you also make your expectations known and what you expect from them and from a relationship. So when it comes to holidays, like, You know, if they're putting expectations on you that you don't feel like you can or want to meet, then you need to put, you need to express like um, where that's coming from and maybe express like why. Like I, look, you expect me to be at your party with the whole family at eight o'clock. However, um, at eight o'clock on Christmas Eve, I have expectations of what I hope my Christmas Eves with my children and my family are supposed to look like. And what I want that to look like is me reading, you know, bedtime story and doing Christmas jammies with them and all of us watching Elf or whatever. Like, this is just an example. But, you know, maybe just setting that up, like, look, yeah, this might be your expectation that we make it to this thing. But my expectation is, like, I build memories in my own home with my nuclear family doing doing it this way. And so this kind of goes into play with something else that I've, like, learned about and it's symbolic interactionism. And what that means is understanding what meanings motivate our behaviors. And so kind of that example of like understanding maybe why someone has an expectation, but also maybe why you don't want to behave in a way that lives up to that expectation. And something that kind of, I guess, gives an example of this is just when Jairus and I were planning like our Thanksgiving plans. I was really set on like wanting us so it was our first year just with the two of us and we were just going to be home just him and I and I wanted us to kind of come together to think of some ideas that would be fun build memories for us and just make it feel like a little bit special not just like any other weekend and as part of that I was trying to really nail down times like okay so what if we plan to do you know hot chocolate run at 11 and then I can plan to start cooking at like noon and yada 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 and Jairus he's like we don't need to have times and I was really set on like I need to know what time I need to start cooking and it kind of just escalates and he's like 
Why do you need to know what time you have to start cooking? You don't have to be anywhere in the afternoon. You don't, like, (laughs) where are you trying to go? And so it was just kind of this funny, like, when he framed it that way, I was able to really think about it like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know why I need to know, like, why I need to start cooking at noon or why, like, I just, I'm so used to and conditioned to having to be um, planning my holidays literally like to the minute of like okay we're gonna spend two hours here and then at this time we have to leave and drive here that'll take us 45 minutes and then we need to spend this much time there and then leave and drive to my dad's and do this so it's just I'm so conditioned to like our holidays are so scheduled out and I have to know exactly what time to do stuff and and um if I'm bringing food, I have to know exactly what time um, I need to start making it. So it was just funny how like for the first time in my life, I didn't have to be anywhere at a certain time um, on Thanksgiving or on a Christmas holiday. And and for Jairus to point it out to me, like, look, there's no rush here. Like we are not in a hurry. We have all day. We can cook out whatever time we want. We can do whatever we want. And so it kind of just comes back around to like understanding what is motivating the behavior and helping us kind of reach this like community like break down that that communication barrier of like we're just instead of just having a misunderstanding and getting frustrated about it it's like asking the why like why are you trying to behave this way help me understand hopefully that can help give you guys some ideas of how to go about some of those tough conversations ultimately like your family most likely will love you no matter what and people want the best for themselves and for each other and so a lot of times we have the same end goals in mind we want to be with our families we want to you know create memories we want to have fun like when it comes to holidays and we want to you know like I said some people don't want traditions but you mostly want to just have fun and be able to have things to look back on that whether it's a tradition or it's spontaneous you want to just have things that you can cherish and so if you have those same goals in mind then then really it's a matter of just figuring out like how to how to get to those goals and that can look different for different families but just communicating can really help okay i feel like a kid on christmas morning doesn't that saying just go with this episode um i've been saving the best part for last i'm excited to share this part with you so this last piece was asking what the worst gift you guys got has ever been so this made me laugh reading these and kind of brought back some memories of my own experiences with the worst gifts. Um, so I'm going to share mine first and then I'll read what you guys said. So worst gifts for me, um, last year my stepbrother got us a lava lamp, which it doesn't make the worst gifts in the sense of like it was a bad gift. More so just like it was funny and it's like what does this have to do with us? But he's just like 16 so it's fine. We actually kind of liked it. Um, but on my, at my bridal shower, my step grandma, she is no longer around. So rest in peace. Um, neat lady, but she loved cats and tigers. And I do not like cats or really have a thing for tigers. But she, <laughs> at my bridal shower, I have all my friends, like all these people in our family, whatever. And I'm opening this gift from her. And I begin to pull it out, and it was this king-size blanket, um, which is great, except that the pattern on it was a picture of a tiger face. and Or maybe it was just the pattern of a tiger skin. I don't remember. I just remember 
seeing Tiger. And and I just pulled it in front of my face to like conceal my horror at <laughs> that I would never put this thing in my house. But you know, super funny looking back and it was just kind of a funny moment because you gotta have at least one thing that doesn't go right. Um and then the last one, this is like actually embarrassing. So when I was 10 or 12, basically I was too old to really be into Dora, but my <laughs> my mom and I were sitting downstairs at my grandma's house and my mom was just like organizing the room. It's not relevant, but my mom was there and I was looking at this like paper, the newspaper, and I'm like, there's this picture of Dora, this like it wasn't Broadway, but it was like a play that was going on um, in the community. And basically had like this Dora girl in the front and whatever. And I am talking to my mom and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I'm not going to that. And my grandma had just walked in and she was like, what? And I like showed her the picture and she was like, oh, I just bought you and the boys tickets for us all to go to that together. <laughs> And I was so embarrassed. I don't even know if she remembers that, but I was so embarrassed because I actually try to be very thoughtful and like sensitive. <laughs> and I just, oh. And we went and it was fine. Like maybe the memory sticks out to me that it was fun because I felt so bad of like how much of a brat I was. But um, yeah, so that's like kind of a bad gift. Not gonna lie, grandma. But at the same time, I felt really bad for my reaction for it. <laughs> And mostly it was bad because I was just old. Like, I wasn't really in the age group for that anymore. But we're going to read your guys's. So these made me laugh. This girl says, when I was little, I asked for a Barbie car. The kind that you can drive around. So, like, in your driveway. Um, but instead, I got a car for my Barbie. <laughs> That's funny. This one said, all my extended family would get me sets of Bath and Body Works Sweet Pea Lotion every single year. I'd have nine bottles and I hated the smell and I still hate it. Yeah, what was up with that? Like everyone would gift each other the Sweet Pea Bath and Body Works Lotion. So funny. Next one says, my dad got me High School Musical 2 about five years after it came out. I was also in high school. <laughs> oh, I know that girl and her dad. So that just makes me crack up. Um, this other one says, a Hannah Montana CD. I couldn't stand Hannah Montana, and I didn't hide my reaction well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty funny. I remember this one time, there was, like, twin day in elementary school. This is not on topic with presents. Well, kind of. But anyways, there's twin day, and my, like, best friend, we were kind of, like, I didn't really wear, like, branded, what's it called? Character shirts. I never really wore those um, growing up. And so this friend bought us like matching Hannah Montana outfits for like the twin day in elementary school. But we were like sixth graders and I remember being super embarrassed. Or maybe it was fifth grade. I would, either way, I was just super embarrassed. Like, oh, my friend bought these outfits for us and like we have to wear them. But I didn't really want to. <laughs> and if she's listening, like... It, I'm sorry. This probably isn't even a big deal, but it's just funny now. Um, and I liked Hannah Montana, so that's what's funny about it. But I just was so embarrassed to be wearing like a character shirt because I felt like I was too old for it. <laughs> um, this one says, my husband bought me a huge maternity shirt. I was not pregnant. <laughs> that one's so funny. Um, also, what in the world? So this girl goes, my grandma would always randomly give us books about the founding fathers. 
it was always nonfiction and really weird considering our age was elementary school. <laughs> she just wants you to be smart. This girl says, fake makeup for my grandma when I was 16. Ha 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 ha. Um, that's so funny. Grandma's like, I feel like grandmas can either give you the best gifts you've ever been given or like the worst gifts. <laughs> Luckily, my grandmas have pretty much given me the best gifts. But yeah, just reading these is making me laugh. The next one says, a spatula, my sweet 16th birthday present for my family. I think I cried. Oh, that'd be so sad if you were expecting like car keys and <laughs> you pull out a spatula. They're like, start working on your husband's skills. Just kidding. That's like misogynistic. <laughs> um, I told my secret Santa, oh, they put in parentheses, little sister-in-law, exactly what I wanted. And she got me a huge salt lamp. What's with these lamp things? There's another lamp one. A lamp from my dad. I was and still am confused. That's like three lamp ones. Um, This girl. Okay, this is the last one. And yeah, my great grandma had some of this in her freezer. But she goes, my great grandma gave us mac and cheese boxes that were 10 years old. Whoops. And yeah, my great grandma's kind of done that too. Where she, my brother's like hungry <laughs> on Christmas Eve or something. I don't remember what why we were there, but we were at the cabin, and she's like, oh, I have these pizzas, and she pulled them out of the freezer, and they were literally like a decade old as well, so gotta love those expired food moments with our great-grandmas, but thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Picked Podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear what you guys think in the ratings and reviews on the podcast app. Um, if you have a favorite episode, make sure to also let me know in the ratings or reviews because that kind of helps me know what type of guests to bring on in the future. So yeah, it's a lot of work to produce an episode. It's, you know, eight hours ish, depending on if we have a guest or not. And so, um, seeing a review literally makes my week and it's awesome when I can send them to whoever we had interviewed, if you mentioned the person, um, as a thank you. So we are going to be taking a break um, in this season, so my plan is to do one more episode next week, and then we'll be doing a break for a couple weeks so that I can get some more episodes recorded and reevaluate, make sure that I want to keep this going. So thanks so much if you have been listening to our episodes. Like I said, we have one more week um, before we do the season one break, and yeah, just stay tuned. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Picked Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to share with your friends. If you want to follow along with us on Instagram, it's at Michaela Riley. And if you're feeling really nice, leave a rating and review on the podcast app.